0: You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin.
1: And this is a podcast pairing discussions of theology and distilled spirits.
0: And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people?
1: You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality.
0: You know... Starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business.
1: <laughs>
0: I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 30 of Distilling Theology. <laughs> we are super excited to be on our third third 30th episode uh, of the podcast it almost seems surreal
0: yeah i uh i it wasn't yesterday at all but with COVID, everything feels like it was just yesterday <laughs> that yeah. uh we we decided to start this nonsense and that we had less on the show for episode 9a it's true nine and, and
1: eventually 9b <laughs> this
0: is amazing uh how was your Independence Day and 4th of July weekend, my friend?
1: Well, it could have been freer in another state, but uh, considering <laughs> the state of the world, uh, yeah, it was very it was very good. We um, spent some time up at our camp up north, uh, went to do a little bit of a hike at a place called Ferds Bog, um, got some drone footage and stuff like that for... Our Adirondack kids stuff, the books and and everything that's going on. Um, So that was a lot of fun and uh, hung out around the lake for a little while. Uh, My son got to play with his cousins and play around in the water and stuff, which is always a good time. Go for a little boat ride. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, it was very good. Uh, I was super pleased. How about yourself? It was good,
0: man. My uh, dad and I went up to Lake Placid, New York, and stayed in uh, a hostel owned by a couple of friends of ours. And we hiked a couple mountains, saw some sunrise and some sunset. Uh, we enjoyed some distilled spirits as mm-hmm. well as some nice craft beer. Uh, I am yeah. sore as all get out because uh, <laughs> I with
1: a Canadian accent.
0: Yeah, it's uh, what <laughs> happens when you go up north, eh? But uh, yeah, I I'm more out of shape for hiking than I than I realized. Apparently, working from home all the time has some downsides. What? <laughs> Crazy, but. Uh, No, it was it was great, man. Although do you ever. So this is a little sidebar from two Adirondack boys, but I can't decide whether I disdain black flies or deer flies more because the black flies swarm and they're just the worst. for those that haven't experienced it. uh, You're welcome.
1: I was going (laughs) to say the black flies typically are in more in abundance, but the deer flies really don't feel great if they get you. No. I got like um, four
0: on my calves. So now one of my calves looks like it's really, really worked out and
1: <laughs> <laughs> super fit. See, this is why you need to. Okay. So there's a couple of tips for you. Ooh. One, wear pants when you're hiking. Yeah. Really light wear, lightweight, like hiking pants, Um, but wear pants. Uh, I always do. And secondly, um, you can get these really extremely lightweight shirts that are almost just like a net that you zip up. And it basically, and you can also get one for your head or get a hood or whatever, sometimes a mask, uh, or just, like, the whole thing. It looks a little silly, yeah. but, like, you don't get bit, and the bugs, the, the flies don't even really bother you, and it's great. So, like, one time my dad and I were kayaking at probably 5 in the morning uh, on Moss Lake up there, and uh, when we got close to the shore, it was black, the black flies were crazy, swarming like crazy, but we had those things on, so it was just, like, they are just buzzing around, like, not bothering me at all, so... I highly recommend doing that. Uh, if you're going up black Blacklight season, dear friend.
0: There's your Adirondack tip for the day <laughs> from the two. But, well, both of us, both of us uh, have a lot of background in the Adirondacks, aside yes. from our um, just like loving going there. You've written nineteen. This, yeah, yep, uh,
1: we're we just we have finished the story for number twenty. We just released our released our twentieth anniversary edition of book one, and number twenty will be coming out uh, in the fall.
0: That's awesome, man. So Justin, and yeah. his father, who we had on uh, for our pro life episode, episode fifteen, uh, which was just awesome to hear your dad uh, talk about the the fight for life, yeah. um, but uh, and decades of it. But you two've been writing books together for twenty years now, and yeah. and set yeah. in the Adirondacks. And I've had a couple of films that have been set in the Adirondacks, documentary wise. So yeah. it's a it's a very special place in our heart. You'll see some yeah. photos on on the Instagram. Uh, That's so beautiful <laughs> up there, dude. Gorgeous. it's it's amazing and i also got to hang out with my friend who is um studying to become a sommelier so we tasted some wine that he had, cool that he had made and then we tasted some scotch together and it was really fun to like see my inability to taste to get wine notes and his <laughs> like weakness in scotch and how we kind of balanced each other out uh, cool. so if you're listening to this caleb uh i appreciate you <laughs> um and he's probably going to correct me on all the things i said wrong in that statement there but that's right he's, He's the man. Uh, anywho, so
1: what are in we In other news. Oh, yes. Right, right, <laughs> jump oh. In, here, in other news. In other news. Guys, you've been asking. We have finally delivered. <laughs> uh, we do have a store now, shopdistillingtheology.com. Oh! <laughs> uh, right now, uh, we have uh, a trilogy of mugs, as it were. Um, we have uh, three mugs on there that you can purchase either individually or as a three-pack. Blake's got one. If you're on Patreon, you can actually see. Um, But uh, on one side is our distilling theology logo. On the other side are uh, three different quotes from Herman Bobbink from the wonderful works of God. Um, uh, Primarily we got the idea because Herman Bobbink is a theological beast. Uh, Secondly, we have our um, uh, distilling theology reading group where we're working through the wonderful works of God together on there. Um, So yeah, they're great mugs. They're really cool. Uh, I'm super excited and, uh, yeah, so you can hop on there. We do have, uh, where we will be having, um, merchandise, uh, additional merchandise soon. Um, we're going to do some shirts and stuff, and then, uh, obviously the glassware that everybody's been yes. begging for forever. Yep. Uh, so some Glen yep. Cairns, uh, Glen Cairns will come first, um, and then maybe some Rocks glasses after that. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, so we're super pumped about it. And you yeah, can man. finally go to com and grab yourself a trilogy of mugs as it were and for
0: a limited time if mm-hmm. you get all three mugs at the same time you get them for $33.33 $33 plus uh, tax and shipping so Indeed. you don't want to miss out on that because that's only going to be running for um, a yep. little while longer so get in there yep. uh, and, and
1: if you join us on Patreon you also will get a, a 10% percent storewide discount. discount <gasps> um, so for, for as long as you're a patron so anytime you buy something on there yep. you'll get a, a discount 10% off whatever you decide to buy
0: Ooh, so fancy. Well, on that
1: note, let's transition into what are we tasting today, Justin? I'm super excited. So my favorite distillery uh, is Belveni, and uh, I have not yet had Belveni 17 years. Um, so I'm super excited. We're, we're having Belveni at Doublewood, aged 17 years, uh, and it's matured in two distinct casks. I am so excited about it. It smells great. It looks delicious. Um I I I couldn't be more happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, this when when Justin was visiting last week, we went to uh the local store near me and they have a lot of these sampler bottles because normally Belvany 17 is a very expensive bottle, but they have these little sample bottles, eee! which you can see on Patreon. They're little two ounce bottles. So um we picked these up or fifty fifty mil, so a little less than two ounces, but um we picked these up uh so that we could taste them on the podcast. And we were gonna, you know, eventually put it put it later on the show, but you know what? We're doing it now for episode thirty because uh, <laughs> celebration. Uh, this spirit won the gold outstanding category in the uh, won gold outstanding in the space Scotch category at the twenty fourteen International Wine and Spirits Competition. Obviously, it's aged 17 years. It is bottled at 86 proof or 43% alcohol by volume. And Belvenie is a Speyside Scotch, which is a sub-region within the Scottish Highlands uh, known for its fruity, sweet, and honeyed malts. Um, According to the website, it is first matured in American oak barrels and then it's transferred to European oak sherry casks. Um, And it shares some characteristics with the younger 12-year expression, which is also a double wood. um, But this has deeper, richer notes. So I'm very excited. I had this also in a sample pack uh, a couple of years ago. So it's been a while since I've tried this. And I couldn't find any information um, on chill filtration or coloration or any of that. Or like how long it's in the American oak versus the, the European oak. But you know what? Sure. All I know is it, it was in both. And, and I had this conversation yesterday with my, my friend uh, up in the Adirondacks that at the end of the day, if I like how it tastes, I'm not as worried about those other things. So there's just something I personally appreciate about that level of transparency uh, sure. that you get from some distilleries. So what are you getting on the nose? Because we, we have been letting this sit for at least 17 minutes. Let's see if I can say it right this time. It's one minute in the glass for every year in the cask. So a <laughs> 17-year-old Scotch uh, gets 17 minutes in the glass before you start to taste it, and the idea with that is it does have to open up. It interacts with the oxygen. Oh, your face! <laughs> it's so. If you're good. on Did Patreon, smell? you can it you can so see good. his look on this uh, this live streamed episode.
1: Oh, okay. Wow, a lot of apple, mm. um,
0: but like fresh, like right, fresh,
1: fresh green apples. Um, I,
0: I almost get like those McIntyre apples, like when you're in New York state in the fall and yeah. you're walking down the yeah. grove and you pick it off the tree and you're definitely not supposed to eat them right off the tree, but, but I've definitely totally done, do. it done it all the time. You know, the preservatives and all just, but it's oh, got yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so fresh.
0: Man. And there's that, there's that nice honeyed notes that you kind of expect from Balvenie carrying right through the middle, like mm-hmm. fresh, crisp apples. There, there but there is a but little but bit so of sweet. oak.
1: There is a little bit of uh, yeah. earthiness to it, but it's a very, it's very faint because uh, it's just very fruit forward. Uh, in the
0: way that it yeah i was gonna say there's a little tinge of um like lemon peel yep, around yep, the edges yep. um that brightens everything up i think that's more where the i so i don't think it's green apples i get more like those mcintyre like those sweet reds um but i think the 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 tartness of that green apple scent is coming from that little lemon zest no sure, or whatever sure. that's my gut though uh, i get Who knows?
1: it's almost like uh for me it's like those apples that you bite into that are like very fresh, but kind of soft. Yeah. So you bite into, them. they got a nice crisp outside, but they they're nice and soft on the inside. They're not like a hard interior. It's just very sweet.
0: You know, this is just occurring to me right now. One of our production videos that we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to go to an apple orchard in upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, and and eat eat a bushel of apple. Well, not probably not eat a whole bushel. A whole
1: bushel. <laughs> throw up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> although there are some distiller or there are some um, farms in new york that that uh have apple orchards that also create that also make um apple jack. so hmm. we, could, um, we could do a double double whammy that would be cool anyways uh, sidebar. In, when i
1: was in college my uh one of my roommates and i uh he he helped out this older woman and her husband Wait, you've told us this story yeah before. yeah in the head <laughs> in the basement they had um, an old fashioned cider press, so we got a bushel of a-, a couple of bushels of apples and we wanted to make some fresh cider for for our dorm uh or our flat and so we we got there we he showed up and we just had like four bushels of apples and we started pressing them and going through it 's just like this old wood machine it crushes the apples and it just kind of separates uh the pieces from the juice, and the juice goes down this little spout into your gallon of uh your little gallon thing there, so we're going and going on going on and then she comes down. And she's like, hey, guys, how's it going? You know, and we're like, oh, this is great. We're really excited. Like, you know, we love apple cider, fresh apple cider, whatever. And she starts to go back upstairs and she's like, are you guys making hard cider? And my buddy, <laughs> my buddy. OK, so for some context, he's like an old he's he's a few years older than me. I'm 30. He's like 33 or 34. And he um, but at the time, you know, he was, uh, you know, I was let's see, I was probably 19 or 20. And uh, so he was a few years older than me, and he'd, he's he been in the military. He, he was in the Army for four years. Um, he'd been all over the country. He'd traveled abroad. So he's like he, – he knows things. He's an experienced man. And okay. she, she, she asks him, you know, oh, you guys making hard cider? And uh, he goes, oh, what's that? <laughs> and then she just gives him, like, the old-fashioned, like, grandmother, like – Look, you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. And she goes, We weren't. That's the thing. We were just making cider because we're like we loved fresh cider. Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> just have like of all the ways you could have answered that dude, like <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. I think <laughs> you awesome. told that exact same story three episodes oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I love and
1: it. I don't even care. It's so funny.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, oh, this is so all
0: right. Let's let's just taste it because this thing is Please. like This is amazing. Right. Oh, it's so fresh. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man, that's like honey apple, cinnamon, mm. brown sugar.
1: There's almost like a, like a hint of caramel, but it's very, uh, very fruity. Almost like a leftover caramel dipped apple, mm. with a little bit of spice, a little bit of cinnamon, mm-hmm. maybe some almonds. Mm-hmm. uh But it's very, very sweet. Very, there's a little bit of honey there.
0: I get that almond like nuttiness along the sides. Yep. yep. It's so mouth watering though. Oh my goodness. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: Wow. This is the way. <laughs>
0: this is so awesome.
1: I expected nothing less uh from, from Belveni. That's
0: fair. Mm. Wow. I forgot how good that is. Oh. We're just kind of speechless right now because
1: mm. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Wow. There's almost like a some vanilla in there as well.
0: Yeah. And that the finish is interesting because it the whiskey's very mouth watering, but I feel like the middle of my mouth is all dry afterwards yes
1: yes.
0: (laughs) but the front of my mouth is still watery. it's
1: it's around the edges of my tongue it's really watery
0: yeah and uh (laughs) and the it's it's very warming as it goes down which isn't always so i think when i first started drinking whiskey um like especially because early on it was just like in the form of an old-fashioned um all whiskey felt like that going down but as i've gotten to taste other things over years now um many of the things from bartending now there's only certain spirits that I like really feel. Yeah. But it's not that it's not like cheap vodka that you, that you drank a little too quickly. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just this very soothing, mellow warming sensation as it goes down and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm trying to think what, uh, what to compare this dram to. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Cause you're the Balveni, uh the Balvenie fan. I mean, I love Balveni too. This is, this is stellar stuff. <laughs>
1: So the warmness to me is kind of reminiscent of a bourbon, in the sense that it's it's yeah. very comforting. It's mm. like a very warm, comforting. It's almost like this would almost be really good in the fall, which goes along with the apples and the warmness and the coziness that you get from that. Um, but but it, it's a lot like it's almost like somebody took the the twelve year double wood and just ramped up the flavor and, and the in the mouth wateriness, um, and just it just basically took it to the next level. So it is really good. It's it's different than the fourteen year Caribbean cask, um, which yeah. has a little a little bit of a different type of fruits. You know, some darker yeah. fruits and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. taste tastes a bit different. Um, but it's like the twelve wood on steroids or the twelve year double wood on steroids. It's really good. Um, yeah, I, I I've had some uh, Glenfiddichs that are a little bit like this with the honey, um, mm. and stuff like that. But this is very unique uh, in the in the way mm. that it blends the apple and the sweetness and the honey. And the vanilla and the oak it's just really good
0: yeah this is awesome uh so thank you guys for joining us this week we'll see you next week on- <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ooh. um Man. so <laughs> well let's actually um, as we get into that real fast yeah. i just wanted to read a couple other notes from their website um, oh sure so they said the american oak barrels give a soft sweet vanilla note and the european oak sherry casks uh, add rich some spicy flavors uh depth and a fullness of the flavor um, and so here's their tasting notes. To, let's see how we did. They say on the nose, elegant and complex oak, vanilla, honey sweetness, and a hint of green apple. All right. You hey, were right. I was hey,
1: wrong. Hey. <laughs> hey, you know
0: what? That's all right. Humility. You're not Exegesis. really,
1: I mean, to be fair, not For really sure. a wrong answer. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's subjective,
0: but yeah. that is a good, that's a, and that's a good example of those really helpful guidepost notes though, right? Like that, Indeed. where I'm, I'm seeing like a sweet red apple with, Uh, lemon zest you're getting more what they describe of the green apple and then the taste is uh, sweet with dried fruits sherbet spice i don't know what that is but i want some Uh, toasted (laughs) almonds and cinnamon were right on there layered with richness richness of creamy toffee notes and traces of oak and deep vanilla i think that toffee is what i described as uh like brown sugar yeah um, i think that's um, maybe where i get the
1: caramel from as well
0: somewhere in between those two yeah and then the finish vanilla oak honey Spicy sweetness, man. That's that's good. Let's just uh, yeah. let's sip one more. Um, to the glory of God alone. Cheers, man. Mm.
1: Oh, it's it's going to be real hard now to not go buy a <laughs> bottle of this. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Man, wow. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter. That's a good one. Yep. What
0: what uh, theological work? <laughs>
1: Uh I would attribute I, I would I would compare this to, to something like Arthur Pink's doctrine of salvation.
0: <laughs> it's it's too gentle for anything written by
1: Pink though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's very good. It's um it's it like would be a- like it would be like an abridged version of that. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say it's almost it's almost like uh, if someone was to take a um, essentially a, a best hits collection of a certain uh, group of theologians and, and theological thought in their in their uh, work and their body of work and someone collected like 150 or so of these works into one volume um, of all these beautiful <laughs> prayers that are soothing to the soul but challenging and did yeah. like, oh wait.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Valley of Vision. What are we reading oh, right. from today to pray? Uh,
1: so, uh, Valley of Vision page 118 is true religion. Um, again, we're, we're continuing now with the doctrine of Scripture part two today. Um, so we wanted to, well, <laughs> if we understand Scripture properly, it should lead us right to true religion. It should lead us mm. uh, to, uh, as Scripture states, true religion is is caring for the widow and the orphan and so on so it's not uh, it's, it's not, not a relationship. relationship it's a relationship <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said the other day to somebody um, it, we were in church it was It was after the it was after our, our sermon um, and we are fellowshipping and uh, talking to a guy about John Calvin and he said he was reading through the institutes I said oh the institutes of the Christian relationship
0: <laughs> oh <my laughs> and he gosh. died he thought it was
1: hilarious uh,
0: it's amazing
1: no it, it is a relationship it's a relational religion uh, but it is indeed religion. Uh, scripture defines it as such, and if you just look up the definition in the dictionary of the word religion, uh, I certainly <laughs> hope we're practicing Christianity religiously. Yeah. Uh, if we believe what, what, what we believe. So um, so we'll start here. Page 118, Valley Vision. Uh, Lord God Almighty, I ask not to be enrolled amongst the earthly, great, and rich, but to be numbered with the spiritually blessed. Make it my present supreme preserving, concern, persevering concern to obtain those blessings which are spiritual in their nature, eternal in their continuance, satisfying in their possession. Preserve me from a false estate of the whole or a part of my character. May I pay regard to my principles as well as my conduct, my motives, and my actions. Help me never to mistake my excitement of my passions for the renewing of the Holy Spirit Never to judge my religion by occasional impressions and impulses, but by my constant and prevailing disposition. May my heart be right with thee, and my life becometh as the gospel. May I maintain a supreme regard to another and better world, and feel and confess myself a stranger and a pilgrim here. Afford me all the direction, defense, support, and consolation my journey hence requires, and grant me a mind stayed upon thee. Give me a large abundance of the supply of the Spirit of Jesus, that I may be prepared for every duty, love thee and all my mercies, submit to thee in every trial, trust thee when I'm walking in darkness, and have peace with thee amidst life's changes. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief and uncertainties. Whew.
0: That is such good stuff.
1: And so very relevant to today, my friend.
0: Mm. Big time.
1: Trials and certainty. Yeah. Blessings. mm. All of all of those things which we experience on the on the regs. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a 90s term?
0: Is that a term ever?
1: (laughs) I'm just going to pretend
0: that you didn't say that.
1: All right. So the doctrine Uh, of scripture part two uh <laughs> we uh becca commented on our live stream she says i need that jeopardy music while you're tasting <laughs>
0: that's right You'll patreon is just live streamed you're just like get <laughs> getting us in the moment yeah. no editing no uh no trims and also uh you get to see bit, my
1: allergy nose picks all right <laughs> and a little bit of buffer
0: uh on the front and the back of the episodes you get a little bit more content there so yeah, you uh, do yeah you do Check it out. All right. Uh, so obviously getting into the doctrine of Scripture, what we want to know now, like we've, we've kind of talked about the Scripture being the written re- record of the revelation of God, of his special revelation, of his purposes, of his will, um, of His I, how he reveals himself to us, how he speaks to us. And we've been yes. kind of building this series. And so we're going to continue to walk with the confession of faith. But I wanted to start us off with 2 Timothy uh, 3 verses 16 to 17. This is from the English Standard Version. It says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm. I love that verse, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of like, especially in the context, and you start to get other stuff about uh, the canonicity of scripture, but yeah. um, man, it's, it is so good. What are your kind of initial thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think often, especially in modern time uh, in the Western church, we, we, we forget, we forget the sufficiency, right? Of scripture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're reading through that verse, uh, I don't think pe- people realize the weight Uh, that that actually holds. Uh, You know, the Scripture gives us everything that we need to be a complete, whole, fully equipped man or woman of God, right? Um, Are there other things that can be helpful? Sure. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Um, That's why sitting under a pastor is so important, so we can actually understand the Word of God, you know? But... Mm -hmm. um, But that's so incredibly important and so incredibly vital to understanding uh, the authority of Scripture, right? Uh, He also says in in, in Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's Mm. breathed out by God, right? Right. Um, So, of course, we understand that it's perfect because if it's breathed out by God himself,
0: (laughs) which— You know, what's interesting is um, not to get super nerdy, but I've got logos open in front of me— and this word, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce in Greek, um, this God breathed, right? It's like God has breathed out his word in the mm-hmm. scriptures. Mm-hmm. And we've heard, it gets translated into some English translations as inspiration or uh, is inspired by God. Yeah. But I heard R.C. Sproul talking in a lecture series once and he said, really, the way the Greek is phrased, inspiration is like you you are taking in. It would really be expiration, except that we use that word in English, um, <laughs> have a a totally different meaning um but it's this this image that and and again think about right think about the this idea of god speaking and his word is powerful his word the word becomes like i mean not to go off on a whole thing there but um because we'll get there but uh scripture being breathed out by god right it's god's words it's
1: coming from him um, well right so this is from Cornelius Van Til Mm. following that he says specifically here it is the Christ who speaks to us in scripture right Mm. it is uh, in it he God Christ tells us who he is and what we are he tells us that we that he has come to save us from our sins and for that purpose the Father sent him into the world in order to bring that work to completion in individual men the Holy Mm. Spirit takes the things that Christ the things of Christ and gives them unto us so yeah f- following suit of that it's christ speaking to us christ is the word made yeah. flesh right yeah. we we can't separate god's word from christ because oh, yeah one and the same
0: right right that's the people that are yeah. like well i love jesus we talked about this last time I, you know yeah. i'm a christian but i don't believe the bible is the word <laughs> of god i'm like well aside from the whole logical problem of how do you know anything about jesus without <laughs> right. the bible um, <laughs> yeah. that that's authoritative right um he's the word. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of awkward. Is
1: the word made flesh, John 1, 1. But I don't believe the word, right? That's, that's a problem. No,
0: no. Oof. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, so that's kind of, that's kind of exciting. But Mm -hmm. using that as a, as a starting off point, I think, as you said, it's so important to recognize scripture isn't just something. It's not like something that we do out of pietism to just sit there and like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to read my Bible so that I don't go to hell like and and even though right how do we know Christ is by his word how do we know God by the word how do we know by the spirit leading us right, right. through the word into faith right it's all interconnected but um how do we know any of this by the, by the written word the the scripture this authoritative self-evident record, <laughs> right self-evident record of the self-revelation of God right and so when we engage with that in in re- and i think all Christians should be proficient in scripture all christians should have read from cover to cover should know the flow of redemptive history um it's super helpful like as we're reading through the wonderful works of god by herman Bavink in our reading group we keep coming to the fact of it's super fundamental for systematic it it really does a great job laying out the basic doctrines of christianity and particularly from a reformed perspective but um he presupposes even in that simplicity that you're familiar with the biblical story like he supposes that the that his audience the lay people in the church. Know the Bible
1: well. You'd think if you loved God, <laughs> right? You you'd want to know more about God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know Crazy. that, right? We know that when God saves us, uh, our hearts' desires change, and naturally we're inclined to more more inclined uh, to turn towards Him uh, and, to, and to reposition ourselves towards Him and, and to know Him and to love Him and to want to know about Him, and the only way to do that is through His Word, um, contrary to some uh, more popular churches' beliefs these days, uh, sure. you know, we, we don't need more than the word. It's sufficient.
0: Right, it's sola scriptura and tota scriptura, scripture alone as the authority and all of scripture, right? We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to be like, right. well, I'm a red-letter Christian or I'm a New Testament Christian. Or, you know, Well, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. the New Testament is the fulfillment and the consummation of the old, and it, it illumines the old,
1: but it presupposes
0: the Old Testament.
1: So <laughs> I, I want to throw this Jonathan Edwards quote in here. <laughs> Ooh. It's going to step on some toes. Uh, yet uh, it's it's, 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 it's um, highlighting the authoritativeness of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, the sufficiency of Scripture as it is. And um, it speaks to what I was just talking about, this idea of all these other uh, additional revelations that people claim to have. Right, so this is what Edwards says here. Um, so brace yourselves, people, especially those of you who we love and adore, but are not yet cessationists. Uh, you might, <laughs> you might, you might not love this quote, but <clears throat> he says this. And yet, some people actually imagine that the revelation in God's word is not enough to meet our needs. They think that God, from time to time, carries on an actual conversation with them, chatting with them, satisfying their doubts, testifying His love for them, promising them support and blessings. As a result, their emotions soar and they are full of bubbling joy that is mixed with self-confidence and a high opinion of themselves. The foundation for these feelings, however, does not lie within the Bible itself, but instead rests upon the, uh, on the sudden creations of their imaginations. These people are clearly deluded. God's word is for all of us and for each of us, and he does not need to give particular messages to particular people.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> if, now, wherever you fall on the cessationist continuationist revelatory continuum, gifts, uh, continuum <laughs> spectrum uh the point he's making is the sufficiency and totality of scripture being enough um and as christians believing that god's word is what it is we have to rest on the fact that authority, the authority the only authority is in scripture alone
0: mm-hmm. well and that gets to like And we're not we're not at the camp of like, well, Jesus is our great example and we need to just follow him. But at the same time, you know, so the Bible is not merely a collection of moral heroes and moral advice. Like, obviously, there's so much more. It's God's living revelation to us. It gives life. It prepares us. It equips us for every spiritual need to become mature in Christ, the whole person. Right. Um, But at the same time, there like that doesn't mean we can't learn from things right, from patterns right. that we see in scripture especially patterned by our lord right like yeah doesn't mean we'll never we'll do it perfectly but at the same time it doesn't just because we don't believe that we're saved by that way doesn't mean we shouldn't seek to imitate like right be imitators right imitators of got right imitate like what does paul say imitate me as i imitate christ right like that's that's the pattern so we are supposed to imitate but it's not <laughs> a bare like just an example right but right <laughs> anyway, that out of the way um what does Jesus do in the in the in the desert temptation? Right, every time Satan comes to him, "If you're the Son of Man, command that these stones become bread." Oh, mind you, he's been fasting and walking alone for forty days and forty nights. Yeah, he's hungry, and the scripture even says he became hungry. Yeah, as if, as if it wasn't <laughs> as if we clear. Needed, right, <laughs> uh, God by in, by the by the inspiration of the Spirit tells the apostles to remind us that Jesus man. became hungry. <laughs> right, right, and yeah. in his hunger. And I don't know about you, I get hangry sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's a thing that happens, right? But in that hunger, Satan comes to him and tempts him. Mm-hmm. And what does Christ say to him? No, I'm not gonna do it. he doesn't even even in his position, even as son of God, right? Coming into this spot after being baptized, father declaring, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, the spirit descending as a dove, mm-hmm. even after this glorious revelation of, of his identity, right? He goes into the desert and Satan says, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. You're hungry? Just do it. Eat something. And what does Jesus say? It is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so even there, even the Lord Christ, our Savior, facing Satan in temptation, he goes to, it is written. The, the bedrock authority and he, I mean, he does this all the time throughout his ministry, confronting his foes. He is constantly bringing his opponents and his disciples and us today back to the revelation of God. I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Right? He isn't uh, anti Sinai, right? <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount is not an anti Sinai, anti Mosaic covenant. It's the it's the consummation. It's the fulfillment of it found in the person of Jesus Christ, fulfilling every aspect of that law that we couldn't, and making a way of freedom for us to walk in it. I mean, we're, we're similarly. From...
1: Similarly, he didn't abolish the law during that time as well, <laughs> yeah. folks. He fulfilled the law. He did not abolish it. Uh, law is still. <laughs> you, are you mean to say God didn't break the law for love? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I saw another tweet by Mister Furtick recently too. <laughs> Said, uh, "You're rough." No, yes, yeah, says, "You are." Yeah, you are enough, or something like that. And I was like, uh, "Somebody had like crossed it out." and Said, "You are not enough. You need Jesus." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, thank you." Right. Um, uh. Well, yes, but actually, no. <laughs> well, yeah. yes.
0: Well, but. to that point, though. So, leading in with all of that, as we talked about the authority of Scripture, the foundational nature of it, Westminster Confession, Chapter One, Article Six says, and and the Lennon Baptist is very similar, but for I think a clause in there, it's changed. One six says the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life. Not just faith and practice, faith and life is either expressly set down in Scripture, and this is where Westminster differs a little, or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, Unto which nothing at any time is to be added. And obviously, you can go check out the Westminster Confession uh, online for free at reformedstandards.com. They have all can the confessions. Out- <laughs> the London Baptist 1689 Confession, absolutely. And you, you can check out have, all their uh, yeah. proof texts. Yeah, Heidelberg Catechism, Belgic Confession, all of it. It's a great. Savoy, resource. continental
1: mm. stuff, you know, you got. you got Psalters on there. It's good. It's good stuff. This is actually a great
0: follow-up. No, this is is a great follow-up to that Edwards quote you had. So it's, Nothing is to be added at any time, uh, Mm. whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men... Papists. Uh, Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and the government of the Church common to human actions and societies which are to be ordered in the light of nature and Christian prudence, according to the general rules of the Word, which are always to be observed. So there's a lot to unpack there, and again, Lennon Baptist is very similar on almost every single point, except I think good and necessary consequences a slightly different phrase there. But um, I guess you could just go piece by piece through that, like the whole counsel of God.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: In other words, and, and I love that. It's like we not only shouldn't we, we may not add anything to it. I mean, that's what that's what's said in Revelation, right? Cursed be anyone who adds or removes from this book. How often uh,
1: do we see that happening? <laughs> the Book <laughs> of Mormon, now. but also yeah. that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you did. You just get into some text conversation with the Mormon's dude. Okay, so <laughs> what is the Book of Mormon? <laughs> so here's what happened.
0: Uh, so I was scrolling Facebook and I got this ad for this Mormon society thing, and it was like, want to hear, want to see more? And I was on my phone, and I was scrolling, and I accidentally clicked the like learn more button. So I get this message from the page, and it's like, hi Blake, what would you like to know? And it gave me like these three questions, and one of them was like, what's the Book of Mormon? And I'm like, all right, let's go. Uh, let me just let me just read their response because you all will appreciate this. Um yikes, it was it was rough. Yeah, so I said I clicked the auto response. Hi Blake. The Book of Mormon is another Okay, I just sorry, this is just this is just heresy. Harris- this is blasphemy. But anyways, the Book of Mormon is another volume of scripture that testifies of Jesus Christ and his ministry in the Americas. <laughs> After he was resurrected in Jerusalem. I'm sorry. I, I can't even <laughs> I can't get through it. Because yeah. I, there's, I mean, a. There's so many eschatological questions and problems. Um The, yeah. the warning at, at the end of Revelation should be strong enough that we wouldn't go about adding extra things. Um, but this is the the thing is, this is the nonsense, and it happens to a lesser degree in more traditional or orthodox situations. But it sure. still, it still happens.
1: Like, well, we don't even necessarily add scripture in many cases. We add right. meanings to scripture that aren't there. Yeah. You know. Um, Which is basically look to add look at a at scripture. The, well, yeah, look at the mm-hmm. LGBTQ ABCDEFG organization. You know, yeah. the whole so th- there's churches going left and right, literally adding meanings to scripture uh, mm-hmm. to change what the scripture means in those areas that yeah. talk about uh, same sex issues. You know, for mm-hmm. example, so you don't necessarily have to be adding to scripture. To be adding to Scripture, but also yeah. uh, you know it also says don't take away from Scripture as well. Right, we, the the whole counsel of God is indeed the whole counsel of God. You can't you can't pull a, a Jefferson Bible and take out everything that's that's you know supernatural. That doesn't work. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Correct. And the same goes for adding, you know, things like the Book of Mormon. It's just, it's all a problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is why church history is important because mm-hmm. then you get to learn, understand why we have the scriptures that we do, why the sixty-six books we have are the canon, why the apocrypha is not the canon, um, why something like Josephus is helpful but isn't, you know, necessarily scripture and things well, like, like that. So,
0: Maccabees is a really interesting, historical sure,
1: absolutely. A- absolutely, not inerrant, and, not authoritative. In a lot of, in a lot of the uh, catechisms, they'll address the apocrypha and say sure. it can be helpful. It can certainly be used for historical purposes, but it's not authoritative and it's not the word of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's important. <laughs> yeah. And the
0: same goes um, for the confessions, which all the confessions, that's why all the confessions start with the, script, the authority of scripture alone. And yes. the confession is literally like, this is what we're confessing as a denomination or as individuals or as a yep. pastor, right? as a church yep. about what the scripture teaches. And it's a very important distinction that I think we will probably continue to make till the end of time on this podcast. Um, because unfortunately it gets misrepresented a lot, but to that canonicity of scripture, uh, our, this is jumping ahead in the notes a little bit, but our friend Austin over at Sipping on theology, uh, which is just an awesome podcast, part of the society of reform podcast with us. He just did a four part series on the canon of scripture. It's a wonderful deep dive. You should definitely check it out. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> there's a little sidebar there. Um, but what I love, too, is the whole Council of God and then Westminster and, and London Baptist go on to tell us concerning all things necessary for his own glory. So, in other words, we're not going to when we're studying Scripture, when we're adhering to the word of God, we don't have to be worried that we're going right. to miss something that God expects of us. Like, right. and which is funny to me that people act that way because it's like, OK, but even on your best day, you cannot perfectly live this all out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> uh,
0: and then yeah. for man's salvation, Right things that we need to know for salvation are contained in the word of god and that gets back to the exclusivity of and inclusivity of christianity right it's inclusive to people from any background whatever you've come from if you come to the foot of the cross and die to self you surrender who you were right you're made a new person you go from death to life by the regeneration of the spirit well now now you can have salvation right it's it, and that's indiscriminate of who you were but at the same time it's only by jesus christ and how do we know christ through his word through the scriptures <laughs> yeah oh yeah. it's so good yeah um and i love this line about it. well you could talk about that like we were talking about cessationism but there's this this quote and the westminster is obviously adamantly cessationist so maybe you could break this out a little bit nevertheless we acknowledge the inward illumination of the spirit of god to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the word so how does Absolutely. that kind of fit obviously we'll get more into that in soteriology and pneumatology but sure. just briefly here
1: well, I think often folks misunderstand what cessationism is. First of all, it's not the idea that there's no miracles ever. Uh, it's just uh, the idea of specific revelatory sign gifts uh, for certain purposes. Um, and offices like Apostle, capital A Apostle, uh, have been ceased. Uh, because the, their there's an apostle a, coming to a church? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sad, but uh, I, I know a few quote-unquote apostles. Um but th- this idea that those offices fulfilled their purpose and, and ceased being necessary because we have the doctrine or we have the, the, the whole canon of Scripture. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, but the illumination of the Holy Spirit is, is really not that complicated. It's this idea that in the same way as we're saved, we can't rightly see the world uh, until our hearts are regenerated. And, and we've been given uh, a new nature, new eyes to see uh, the world as it truly is, uh, as, uh, according to God. Uh, in the same way, we can then rightly understand Scripture as it's revealed uh, to us. We can we can start to begin to see what Scripture actually means uh, as we're reading through. That's why you never you never meet an old Christian, right? Who's who's been a Christian for fifty years who's not still learning what the Bible mm-hmm. teaches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, we call it a living word, right? It's mm-hmm. the living word of God. Uh, and that makes sense because it's Christ. Christ is the word. And so he's alive and and his word is alive and it continues to edify the Christian. Um, and, and there's really, uh, you cannot plumb the depths uh, of, of the knowledge and the wisdom contained there. So the Holy Spirit continues to illuminate us as a means to sanctify us, right? Uh, so that we continue to grow more like Christ uh, and to continue to grow and put sin to death. Um, and then uh, also the idea that uh the scripture will continue to be um, uh, continually new to us in the sense that we can always learn um, from from scripture uh, indefinitely. There's mm-hmm. there's never going to be a, a place where we where we know it perfectly and where we can understand it perfectly. Um, so yeah, it, and it's because of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do that at all. Without the Holy Spirit, uh, it's like reading somebody else's mail, right? You're reading these these letters written to other Christians. Um, you know, Paul's writing the epistles to, to Christians in different churches. Um, if you're not a Christian, you're reading somebody else's mail. And so, of course, you're not going to understand the context. You're not going to understand necessarily yeah. the language. You're not going to understand how these things work together uh, unless you're part of the family, which right. uh, you're not a child of God unless you become a child of God by repenting of your sin and turning to Christ. Uh, you know, people mm. oh, everybody's God's child. No, you're not. You are right. not God's child. Right. <laughs> you are his creation. You are made in His image, but until you repent uh, and turn from sin and trust in Christ, mm. you are not a child of God. We become right. adopted um, mm. children uh, of God and brother brothers with Christ, co heirs mm. uh, to heaven. And and it's <sighs> incredible. Man. So yeah, mm. um,
0: that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it reminds me of um, Augustine, and this is a bit paraphrased and butchered because that's my skill um (laughs) what what cut would you like today for this quote Uh, sorry he basically says um talking about the the depths of the riches of this knowledge of god of these mysteries right i can see the depth it's like you're it's like you're floating at the top of the ocean and you look down Mm -hmm. and you can see the depth go down 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 but you can't see the bottom Mm -hmm. you'll never find the bottom and really Mm -hmm. that that is what it's like to be in the word right you can see the depth of it once your eyes are opened by the Spirit, right? But you'll never, you'll never know the full richness. Huh. You'll always be growing, in it.
1: and what a comfort! Well, consider our faith the, isn't static. Consider the vastness of the universe. Mm. Uh, you look, there's no way we can't even see out of our own <laughs> Milky Way. You know how, huh? and we know, but somehow we know that there's all these other galaxies, and so on. I mean, we have incredible knowledge uh, of of the universe. And we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it just, it just this astounding vastness uh, in the universe, uh, and all this knowledge and wisdom we just don't have. And uh, and and God is the one who placed all these things. I mean, consider He knows the num, He knows the names of all the stars and knows their song. I mean, all of them, billions of stars, and He's named every single one of them. I mean. My mind, I'm man. My man. I mean, it's insane.
0: Yeah, it's, and that's the thing, right? As you get into Scripture, it's going to push you to worship. Uh, we've talked about this a lot with theology, right? Like, everyone has theology. It's a matter of whether you're going to do it well or whether you're going to do it poorly. We should do it well <laughs> sure. because we should want to know the God who who has redeemed us, the Christ who saved us, the spirit that indwelt, right? We, we should want to know. <laughs> so we should yeah. want to do it well. Um, but in that, right, we know that knowledge puffs up. But at the same time, the people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. And if we're not in that living word, then we are perishing because we don't have that sustenance. Again, it's not a matter of, oh, I gotta I have to make sure that I get my quiet time in every day and I read 30 minutes. Otherwise, if I don't if I read 28 <laughs> and I cheat, then then it's over and I'm on this hairline. Like we don't believe that. But at the same time, we recognize the richness and the glory of God and the fact that we we don't have the strength, uh And yet, even as our lives kind of move and and fade, and I mean, especially right now, we're very conscious of our mortality, right? Um, There's a quote that says, uh, this is Isaiah 40, verse seven, grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass, right? So very clear (laughs) analogy there, right? The grass withers, we're the grass, like we die. We're like grass, that's our life. It it springs up and
1: it's gone. Well, scripture says, man at his best is but
0: (gasps) vapor. breath. But then verse eight, I love this, and we're all familiar with it here, but grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So in that same picture, right, our lives come and go, but God's word is eternal. He has spoken and it will happen. Uh, He has, right, he was, he is, he is to come. What he says is truth. Um, And I I love that. I also like, you know, this is kind of getting on the sidebar there in the second part of um, of the confession well, on this on this article. Oh yeah, before, go
1: you, before you jump into that, this quote from Spurgeon mm. is incredible, uh, and, it, and it fits so well. <laughs> yeah, it fits so well with what we're talking about. He says, "No one, nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book mm. widens and deepens with our years. Right? You're not going to outgrow Scripture. <laughs> it's wonderful stuff.
0: That's some good stuff. And the next line." <laughs> And there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and the government of the church common to human actions and societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence, according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. Um, are you the saying basic, that scripture is sufficient for
1: all faith and practice? In life? Oh,
0: shoot. But, al, but also that even, you know, where scripture is silent, like, should you have uh, a pulpit or a lectern or a desk when the, the pastor, right, right. Like <laughs> yeah. those are the circumstances of worship. And you know, where could people get a, a good little lesson uh, and be entertained along the way to learn about the practice of worship in the church from a Reformed perspective?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> you see, there's this documentary <gasps> uh, by our good friend Les Lanfear hmm. uh, called Spirit and Truth, uh, which we, if you listen to uh, episode 9A and eventually 9B, um You'll hear us interview uh, Les regarding that film. So by all means, hop on both the film, which uh, you can get on Vimeo or just search Spirit and Truth. You'll find it. Um, Go support Les and also uh, support us by listening to the podcast episodes (laughs) with him uh, to learn more about filmmaking and worship.
0: Mm, It was so good, man. And I love the way (laughs) he he and his interviewees really nailed home this section. So Mm. we'll we'll give that as a, a... We'll let you guys check that out on your own in further detail because I think it's it's fairly straightforward, yeah. but he he just expressed it in such a clear way, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it justice. Going on, uh, Westminster chapter 1, article 7 says, All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned but the unlearned in a due use of the ordinary means, may attain unto a sufficient understanding of
1: them. Word I for love word, that, what the man. London Baptist says as yeah. well. And it's mm. phenomenal. Praise, Praise and, God. And I for love that. that. Truth. Well, right. I love that it specifically talks about the learned and the unlearned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be uh, a PhD. <laughs> you don't have to have your doctorate uh, or your MDiv or whatever. You don't have to have a big degree. or to spend yeah, Because scripture. The truths contained in Scripture um, are simple enough that a five-year-old can really understand it, right? My son yeah. is f- going to be four. He understands the gospel now. Mm. He gets mm. it. He gets it. My my dad and I uh, on the way home from our camp. It's about an hour and an hour and twenty-minute drive, and we we're asking him all these questions. You know, who is God? You know, what is God like? You know, the cat. A lot of the catechism questions, right? um yeah. you know what is god like you know um what what has god done you know for us and so and he knows the gospel right and he he understands it and um the scripture contains truth that's that simple yet at the same time it has depths that we'll never grasp right mm. what other word what other what other work does that nothing nothing can do that but the word of god
0: mm. yeah man and that's what i love too is right you don't you don't have to be Herman Bavinck or R.C. Sproul or Charles Spurgeon or Jonathan Edwards or John Calvin or Augustine or Athanasius to understand the Scripture. And yet there are mysteries therein mm-hmm. that are without faithful preachers of the Word, we wouldn't be able to plumb those depths quite as far, and yet God has given. I mean, that's what a pastor's job is, right, is to expose the Word, to encourage. I mean, there's, there's obviously more to it than this, um, but as far as from a teaching standpoint— they're to make plain the things in scripture to the people to the body of Christ. Now that and, doesn't
1: mean yeah. you can be lazy. <laughs> right. And say I understand the gospel so I don't need to learn anymore. No, of course not. Now sure. I, I don't think I don't think if you love the Lord that's going to be your disposition anyway, no. but um I, at times when we backslide, I think often sometimes we can we can make those excuses, but mm-hmm. um but we're called, we're commanded to 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 understand the word, to be in in fellowship and learning the word from our pastors and 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 to understand who God is and to continue I mean, think of the way um you know David writes to the Psalms, right? You, your law, God, is like honey to my lips, right? Um and that's God's law. That's like that's like it's like Belveni to your my lips. <laughs> but yeah, so we're called to continue to search the scriptures and to know God and to seek after him and to love him. And the way to do that is through his word. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But scripture is sufficient in that you don't have to have done those things in order to be saved. Right. You can be saved, truly saved on your deathbed. uh, If that's when God decides to call you into his own. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't, it's not like the person on his deathbed who finally comes to realize he needs to repent before God because of his wickedness uh, is all of a sudden going to have a uh, dissertation on the differences between post and amillennialism, right? <laughs> That's ridiculous. But sure. uh, but the but the gospel is sufficient, uh, mm. and God's word is sufficient um, that the unlearned right. can attain that knowledge.
0: Well, and I think just the simplicity, right? God created, mm-hmm. man sinned and fell into a state of of reprobation. Yes. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. were are born dead in trespasses and sins. And God made a way for us salvation alone through Jesus Christ. That's by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, the instrumental cause of justification, um, that we're saved. That's Christ alone. That we have this authority of Scripture and that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? right. God so loved the world that whosoever, all the believing ones, Right. right. Well, all the believing ones, everyone who's calling on the name of Christ with true faith will be saved. That's beautiful and it's simple, right? That's simplicity. That's but, not getting into the nitty-gritty but, of uh classical John three
1: seventeen and eighteen. Oh, shoot,
0: if you place. haven't called yeah. on the name of the Lord, you are condemned already. Right. Right. <laughs> and these but again it's like that's right there. It's clear. You yes. don't have to have a PhD, you don't even have to have a high school diploma to understand these simple truths. Your your four year old son grasps the beauty of the gospel. Yep. And that's the point that, that yep. Westminster is making here, and that we want to affirm uh, with Westminster and London Baptist and the Belgic Confession and the Savoy that yep. uh, even though not all the truths in Scripture are plain and alike in the same way, like you were talking about amillennialism, um, post you get a little nitty-gritty, right? You're talking about classical theism and divine simplicity, while important, yep. some Christians will go their entire lives studying the whole of Scripture and won't really dive some, into some
1: it. Of the, some of the you know. greatest brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ that I know, Mm. I think of um, one in particular, I'm I'm not going to name, but he has the biggest heart for Jesus I've ever known. Mm. He loves the Lord. He's sold out. I mean, his life, he eats, sleeps and breathes Jesus, right? He Mm. loves the Lord. He's, he's an evangelist at heart, you know, and he, he, everyone he meets, every single person he meets, he's talking to him about Jesus, right? He loves them and he loves the Lord. Um, He's not an expert theologian, He, he, he at times, uh, will sometimes need a little, Hey, uh, maybe don't, maybe, maybe not that, you know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, and he's totally open to, to correction and and into, into learning and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you don't have to have all of the nuance of all of the theological, uh, subsets of, of theology, systematic theology worked out, uh, to, to be totally sold out for Christ, you know. Um, and I think that's important, especially in Reformed circles. We often mm-hmm. uh, can be really heady, really um, concerned with knowledge and, and trying to sort out all of the nitty-gritty details to the point where oftentimes we're trying to convert other Christians to Christianity, right? right. Because they don't necessarily believe the same thing we do about baptism. You know, so all of a sudden it's this huge... But that's the thing; you, you don't have to have all that worked out to love God and to mm. and to serve Him and to be an incredible, uh, you know, worker in His kingdom. You know, so yeah. Um, is I, I think Christ that's tells, important yeah. to recognize.
0: Christ tells us to love the Lord. Wait, right? He sums up the law in two statements because
1: mm-hmm.
0: the whole first table, right? <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? That is the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments are summed yeah. up in that phrase. And the second six set of commandments from the Ten Commandments is summed up in Christ's second phrase, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? You look down those lists, find one piece of the of the first four commandments that doesn't fall under love the Lord your God while your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right, and find right. one piece of the next six that doesn't fall under love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yeah. And yet, you know, as you said, it's the simplicity, it's that childlike faith, and and that's not to discourage learning. Like, we want to study, we want to know. Like, the author of Hebrews says, you should be eating the meat now but instead you're having to re- relearn the elementary basic things like you should be growing so there is yeah. this expectation that in the christian life we're going to dig into the word and we're going to grow and jesus well, i love that oh, yeah, i love
1: on. that childlike faith because mm. I, I, as a dad now seeing my son and the way that he he perceives things as a child is just that makes so much sense to me now you know he mm. he so simply is like you know when when we're talking you know and he says you know some people you know i tell him. Some people don't love God, buddy, and, and if they don't love God, they're not gonna and you know, when they die, they're they're not gonna go to heaven. And he's like, Why wouldn't they love God? Mm. God is perfect. I'm like, I know, thank you. <laughs> you know, mm. but but he he gets it and he, you know, and it's just like that childlike faith that he just so simply um understands that he loves God. And he mm. says to me, you know, Daddy, I love you, but I love God more. I'm oh. like yes, yes. Dude. That's all I want, and and it it's just incredible to right. see, and it's so easy for him to grasp as a child because he's not filled with all these other uh, depraved dispositions that we get sure. uh, as we grow and that we have in our in our nature, but that we need to continue to fight against. You know, it's that childlike faith coming to Christ as a child, just like you know God, you know Father. <laughs> mm. We love you, <laughs> you know more yeah. than anything.
0: Well, and isn't that right? At Matthew eighteen, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, "Like, also, God bless the disciples." Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> isn't this isn't this? It's us? like the southern phrase, "Bless you know, bless your soul." You well, know, but,
0: but both <laughs> both this is both bless your heart, but also genuinely, yeah. uh, thank God for for this yeah. being here for our edifice, like so that, absolutely. Like, I'm like, because this is right. We've been here. How many times? Do, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> sips whiskey <laughs> and calling and then and then and then this is Jesus right he doesn't go on and talk about Augustine or well I mean obviously it wasn't Augustine but he doesn't right. go on and talk about <laughs> these great names right yeah. what does he say and calling and he called uh, to him a child and he put him in the midst of them and he said truly I say to you turn or change or r- repent right basically right turn and become like children unless you turn and repent right unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven whoever mm. humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven mm. so as we come to a close on this week's discussion of the doctrine of scripture remember those things scripture contains the whole counsel of god everything we need for faith for life for the glory of god and for man's salvation right all of it ever holistic <laughs> yes. everything we need is in the in the pages of scripture and even though there's some things that, you know, some people are going to be able to understand better that are going to need to be taught to others that some people may never understand because the mysteries of the scripture are boundless and, and unbelievably deep yet the truth of scripture, the salvific things that we need to, to love God, to love neighbor, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Those things anyone can learn and believe yes. and and hold on. What, what we need is sufficiently understood without, and it's plain and it's clear. Um, and so that childlike faith is where we want to be. We want to come, to come to Christ. We want to come to the Father. We want to come by the Spirit into this place of humility and to say, Abba, we love you, Father, right? We love you and we need you. Help us. Mm. Lord, help my unbelief, as, as right. the apostles say to Christ, right? Help my unbelief, right? right. I'm, I, I struggle. We all struggle. And yet the beauty of grace become like these little ones he's not saying become become the strongest athlete or the smartest uh
1: philosopher become he's also like not saying become childish He's right. saying be childlike <laughs>
0: child right yeah. childlike faith that childlike trust right a child a, a baby
1: yeah
0: uh, well i guess a toddler right a toddler just sort of assumes what's for lunch there's not like a. Is there going to be lunch? Is there
1: going to be lunch, <laughs> right.
0: or there shouldn't be? Let me let me yeah. let me preface yeah. that right. Obviously, there's some place in the world where that isn't the case, but um, in the proper like the way things should be should be right. Yeah. That's the way the children live, and especially in that mm-hmm. culture um, at the time of Christ, where the families were so integrated, the children just mm-hmm. but they weren't they weren't worrying about all this stuff because your father knows that you have needs. Mm-hmm. He takes mm-hmm. care of the lilies, the field, the sparrows. Aren't you worth many sparrows yeah. is the encouragement. Yeah. Oh man, I just get oh, excited. I love it. I but you know, it's hit. funny my
1: my son and I read that in in his bible last night. We were reading about the the sermon on the mount, right? Mm. You know, uh and it's it kind of it's a kids bible, so it's like, you know, have you ever seen a bird going to get groceries? Of course not, you know. Yeah. Does the flower ever have to wear a dress? Of course not, because it's got the most beautiful, you know, clothing that God's get, you know, God, you know, they, so they don't worry about those things, right? They don't have mm. to worry where's Where's this and where's that? And doesn't he love us that much more than mm. he loves? Uh, which, uh, for those people out there that are a little bit greeny weeny, uh, <laughs> look, we care about the environment, but God loves you more than he loves the sparrows. <laughs> sure. yeah. So, um, mm. yeah, absolutely. Wow. Oh, man. Um, that was, so very that being fitting. said, <laughs> that being oh. said, uh, next week, we're going to continue the doctrine of scripture. Uh, there's a few more sections in the confessions we'd like to cover. Um, uh, and, I, and I use the term confessions plural, <laughs> uh, and we're going to be sipping Whistle Pig uh, six-year-old rye, uh, which I'm really excited about. Same. Um, that that'll be good. It's um, it's good stuff. I haven't I haven't had it yet, but I've I've enjoyed Whistle Pig um before, so I'm yeah, excited to tasty. try this particular one. Um, and uh, like we mentioned earlier, if you want more on the canon of Scripture, more mm. depth on that, uh, check out the four recent episodes from Sipping on Theology. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, little series there, uh, if you want to really dive deep into the canon of scripture. Blake, uh, what else uh, can we let people know uh, about us in particular, uh, as well as, um, for example, uh, sipping on theology.
0: So we are proud members of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. This is a mega feed of doctrinally sound podcasts from a Reformed perspective. These include Reformed Brotherhood, Fast God Stuff, Sipping on Theology, Reformed Pilgrims, the Steady Anchor Podcast, and our friends at the Bobcast, uh, where they go through the works of Herman Bavinck, and obviously, Distilling Theology. Uh, <laughs> We're really we're really glad to be part of that. It's one thing where you can go to uh, reformpodcasts.com with the s um, and you can subscribe to the feed and you can just get all these podcasts dropped all, they're coming all throughout the week. Yeah um, yeah,
1: if you're an avid podcast listener, you'll have yeah. a steady stream of content if you go to if you go to uh, to that website and, and yeah. expect you can expect content pretty regularly. And what I
0: enjoy is all the shows are different. Like, I mean, we joke about, oh, it's another two guys starting a podcast about <laughs> theology. But at the same time, what's been so cool to me and listening to the other shows is the diversity. Like, Fast God stuff is completely different from the Bobcast. Uh, and then you have Steady Anchor and Sipping on Theology. And, of more... course, none
1: of them are, like, distilling theology.
0: <laughs> well, no one else has an intro with Matt Chandler, Paul Washer, R.C. Sproul, and Leonidas. So... There's a, there's
1: a There's a quote I want to try to get from Walter Martin um that that my dad also he he's the one who brought it up to me, and we 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 should try to squeeze that into our our updated intro uh, at some me. point um and it's like you know oh you've you know you've had your chance you've shot at me twice and you missed you know, and it's like really epic it's a, it's a good little quote add that to i like it. it I like it, so just a <laughs> reminder
0: uh check out shop Theology.com to get our new Quote mugs. These feature the Distilling Theology logo on one side and a quote from the wonderful works of God by Herman Bavink on the other side. You can just go
1: to distillingtheology.com and hit the shop button. That uh, is also true. (laughs) Uh,
0: Each of these mugs, um, they come in our different colors for the logo. So there's like a crimson and gold, an indigo and gold, and a mint green and gold. Um, And on each side, the quote matches the color of the logo on the front. So it's kind of, kind of, we try to be a little creative here at Distilling Theology. If you join our Patreon at uh, you can get 10% off all the purchases in the store. Um, but also for a limited time, if you get all three mugs together, you get an automatic discount. You get them for $33.33, $33, the entire collection. And that's patrons
1: uh, or not. If you if you get all three, you'll get correct. that discount for Correct. A while. Everybody
0: gets that um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and if you good. guys
1: if you guys are on our Facebook group, uh, Facebook.com slash disilling theology is our page, but we also have a group, um, join the group. Um, and and let us know what other what other kind of things you might want to see from us. You know, if there's sure. if there's other merchandise you'd be interested in, or different types of uh, mugs or, or glasses or shirts or whatever you're whatever kind of stuff you're interested in seeing. Flasks, perhaps. Oh. Um, uh, let us but know and and also join the discussion there because there's a lot of fun uh, fun oh, discussion so on that. Uh, also, on that just group. on
0: the Patreon, I wanted to just give a a thank you to everyone who supports us currently on Patreon. I'm going to try to read the names in rapid yeah. succession here. So thank you, Greg, Johnny, Alyssa, Robert, Thomas, Josh, Matthew, Jake, Andrew, Chuck, Ty, Joshua, Jenny, Noah, Samuel, Michael, Kenny, Miguel, Christina, Sarah, Conrad, Rebecca, and Gary. Thank you guys for supporting us, for helping this podcast uh, continue on. If you guys want to check us out, it's less than the cost of a Frappuccino per month um and you get live stream early release episodes we're going to start doing some patreon exclusive merch we've got 10 off discount in the we main got an store awesome
1: video discussion coming it's um, coming that's super excited for and there will be more
0: and also people there get to vote on some of the spirits that we taste every once in a while you get behind the scenes content it's just getting very exciting over there so you don't Lit. want to miss it uh, also you should definitely check out our instagram you get uh, posts every week if you like distilled spirits and theology and scripture uh, and cocktails which i think you do if you're listening to this podcast you will love following (laughs) distilling theology on instagram (laughs) Uh, so
1: guys whatever you do
0: whether you eat or drink
1: do all to the glory of god soli deo gloria